Definitely. I'm glad you brought that up because it's a perfect segue to our next topic, which is <laughs> the Portugal Euro squad. Uh, so Fernando Santos going with 26-man roster after UEFA extended the squad limits. I believe Santos was actually one of the proponents of it before UEFA had done it. I believe he was lobbying for it and with good reason. So, you know, looking at the squad... No real surprises in goal. Uh, Hui Patricio will almost certainly start. Anthony Lopes, as well as uh, Hui Silva, in backup, ready to step in if necessary. Fullbacks are a bit more interesting. Uh, Nuno Mench, the 18-year-old sporting product, getting in after just uh, two months ago, getting his Portugal debut. And he'll be competing with Rafael Guerreiro for a starting spot at left back. Right back, interesting as well, João Cancelo, no surprises there. But Nelson Semedo uh, getting into the squad. Uh, We saw that in the recent World Cup qualifiers, Cedric Suarez had earned a recall after a a while away from the Portuguese setup. But since then, Cedric has kind of lost his place in the Arsenal team. So not surprised to see him out. Semedo, though, getting into the Portugal squad after a so-so season at Wolverhampton. And it's an interesting one. I think that Ricardo Pereira can definitely feel aggrieved. You know, he has had his fair share of injuries and has has struggled a bit as well at Leicester this season. You know, not his best campaign either. What do you make of this choice by Fernando Santos to go with Semedo over the likes of Cedric or Ricardo Pereira? Um, I, I don't mind it. I really don't. Um, I mean, I, I think that obviously Juan Cancelo is the first option. And so uh, unless something horrific happens and he picks up an injury, we won't be seeing too much of Nelson Semedo or whoever that second choice would have been to begin with. Uh, but I, I don't mind Nelson Semedo at all. I thought he had a, an okay campaign at Wolves, and, and I, I really don't mind the decision. I know a lot of people are concerned. You spoke about the fullbacks. A lot of people are concerned about our depth at the center-back position because obviously Ruben Dias, Pep, and then Joseph Font, it's only three if someone gets injured. We're in a bit of a pickle, but People need to remember too, and I spoke about this with Eric Krakauer when this list came out, we were both at work. Danilo can also slot in at center back. So you really do uh, have depth there, even if on paper, it won't exactly be the way that I'm saying it out loud. You know, that is always an option. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mind it as well. I mean, personally, I think that I would have gone with Ricardo over Semedo, but because I just think he's a better player. But he also doesn't really have the same rhythm as Semedo, who's been starting pretty much week in, week out for Wolves. Right. Uh, and you know, I mean, because Ricardo's only played, yeah. uh, what, less than half of the games. I right. feel like I haven't watched, you know, Premier League week in and week out because of what I've mentioned before. But he, he came back from a big injury. Yeah. So, I mean... I understand the decision. Yeah, no, I, I understand it too. Either way, I don't think either of those guys would be starting over Cancelo. Um, right. Who has been, you know, one of the best fullbacks in Europe this season. Semedo, I think that it's not so much he's he's declined as it is the team that he plays for, <laughs> you know, has declined. Like, I, yeah. I don't think that there's much difference in the Semedo of 2018-19 to the Semedo of 2020-21. He's just playing in a Wolves squad that, frankly wasn't that good. I think that he's he's still a serviceable player. He hasn't really gotten to where I would have expected 
uh, of him in his breakthrough season at Benfica, but he's still a reliable player who I think offers more uh, defensive guarantees than Ricardo Pereira. So I, I don't have an issue with it at all. Yeah, and you, you yeah. highlight, like, Nelson, you don't think that he's much different than the player that he was in 2018-19. I think, you know, the biggest thing that I think he gains from his move away from Barcelona is probably just a confidence boost because, I mean, he was the scapegoat at Barcelona. Anytime anything would go wrong, people would say, oh, it's Nelson Semedo, it's Nelson Semedo. I mean, it was like Andre Gomes 2.0. Uh, people just pointed the finger at him for any problem. So I think that his confidence, if anything, has definitely improved, um, which can only benefit Portugal in, in this zero. So, and just like you said, João Cancelo is going to start. I don't think that the backup right back is going to get too many minutes. Whereas on the left-hand side, we know that Rafael Guerrero is a bit injury prone. Uh, and so not that I want him to get injured, of course, because he is the first choice, but I'm really interested to see how Newman does. Yeah, going back to Semedo, I I want to just step out from the Euros for a second because uh, his coach, a Portuguese coach, Nuno Espirito Santo, announced that he is leaving at the end uh, of the season. What, what do you think of uh, Nuno leaving Wolves? Uh, where do you think he might end up? I know Spurs are... Uh, potentially being you know mentioned as an option and Porto I think I even saw that with Sergio Conceição's future uh, unclear what what do you think of that um I mean I think that it's kind of it feels like the end of an of the Nuno Espírito Santo era at Wolves so it doesn't really feel like a shock to me it almost feels like it's natural I mean there were rumors that he really clashed uh, quite a bit with the club's owners, that there were players that he requested, if I'm not mistaken, that there were players that he requested that he didn't get. He wasn't really uh, in line with where their transfer policy was going. And so it does kind of feel like the end of an era. I'll be interested to see where he goes next. And then, of course, who they bring in, because keeping with, it's funny, at the end sports, um, we call wolves, wolves, <laughs> just pronouncing it the Portuguese way. Um, so that's a little little bean joke that I'll let everyone in on. So um, obviously the next manager of Wolves has to be Portuguese. So it'll be interesting to see his slots in there. But yeah, not really a, a surprising announcement at all. Uh, and again, feels quite natural. Feels like the end of an era. I'll be interested to see where he goes next too, though. Where do you think? I don't know. I'm really, I'm really curious. I think I could see either Spurs or even a Porto return. I know that there's some rumors that Conceição right. go to Italy. So really excited to see what happens there. I, I think it's such a crazy managerial merry-go-round that we're seeing in Europe. First, there's Flick leaving, and then there's Koeman potentially leaving, then there's Zidane leaving, then there's right. Conte. You know, it's impossible to keep up with everything. I so, know. Well, I and now they say they say Roberto Martinez in line for Tottenham. Really? I, yeah, that's the, that's the latest one I've heard. Yeah, absolutely insane. I do think they will replace Nuno with a Portuguese manager. I think Bruno Lage or potentially Paulo Fonseca could get the gig. Portuguese managers are kind of in vogue, so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with that. I feel like Nuno is the kind of coach who, you know, his football never really wows you. In fact, it, it puts you to sleep more than anything when, you know, depending on the day, 
But he's also someone who his predecessor is going to have, have a tough time replicating his success because he's done a great job there. I don't care what anybody says. He guided them back to the Premier League, got them into Europe and did pretty darn well there right. uh, in their first season, like in so many years. And Well, certainly did better than I think anyone would have expected him exactly. to. So. And now, yeah. and and let's let's also point out the obvious. George Mensch is one of the architects behind the Wolfsh Wolfsh project to begin with. So I mean, I, I think the that Portuguese line will definitely continue. Definitely. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Going back though to the decision of Fernando Santos in terms of his Euro squad, I think it's a really interesting team because we've got. Three center backs. There was definitely a lot of talk about, like, is Santos going to go with Ruben Semedo or Domingo Stuart? Those guys were definitely the two strongest options. You know, you had Luis Neto in there, but I don't think he was ever a real strong contender. I think that it was more between Semedo and Duarte. And Santos really catches everybody by surprise and say, guess what? I'm not taking either. I'm, yeah. I've got Ruben Diaz and Pep starting uh, in defense, you know, hopefully no injuries, but they're going to be starting. And if, if one of them gets injured or spend it, I've got Jose Font in tow. Right. If something else happens, I've got Danilo Pereira, who, let's not forget, has had some good uh, performances as a center back, despite being a natural defensive midfielder. You know, we saw that against Bayern Munich, one of his best performances of the season. So personally, I really like the move. I think that Portugal did not need to uh, call up four center backs. I thought that they would, but I, think, I don't think it's necessary to call up four center backs when you know that A, Juven Diaz and Pep are starting no matter what. B, Jose Font is a very good backup option. And C, Danilo Pereira can slot in when necessary. And of course, you've also got Joao Paulinha and William Carvajal who, you know, assuming Danilo slots into center back, right. uh, they can easily play as the defensive midfielder. Right, right. Exactly. You're spot on. I mean, um, obviously the starting center back, I mean, the starting diamond in front of the goalkeeper will be Ruben Diaz, Pep, and then Danilo. But if Danilo has to slot back, you have William Carvalho, who has been solid at Betis, and you have Fainha, who was great at Sparting. I mean, we don't need even need to go over the season that he had. Um, and that's kind of your fourth option, because if Ruben Diaz or Pep do get injured, you're going to have José Font. So I think you're spot on. I do... Uh, you know, part of my heart hurts a little bit for Domingos Duarte, who I think if Fernand Sanch was to call up another center back, I think he deserves to get the nod. But nevertheless, I understand the decision that Fernand Sanch made, and I think Portugal will be fine uh, in terms of center back depth. Definitely. Uh, Domingos Duarte done very well at Granada alongside Luis Silva, who is going to leave uh, the club on a free transfer for Real Betis. Uh, I really like that move for Betis. But, you know, moving into midfield, because I think this is the hardest one to predict, looking at Fernando Santos's options. And I do think that probably the biggest reason why Santos was lobbying for a 26-man squad, which he eventually got, was the fact that it would have been so hard to pick the midfield with just 26 options available. With 26, though, you have the freedom uh, and ability to choose a plethora of options, which Santos did. So going with, uh, obviously, the vice captain and exporting player, João Moutinho, uh, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, 
Danilo Pereira, William Carvajal, uh, Renato Sanchez, Ruben Dias, Ruben Neves, uh, excuse me, Sergio Oliveira, Dropolinha, and Pedro Gonzalez. So a ton of options there. And I, I got to say, all of them are deserving. So I'm, I'm really glad that UEFA extended it to 26 men. Because I think that, honestly, I, I think that they can all offer something. But let's say, hypothetically, Portugal are playing the Euros final against France or England or whoever. What is your starting midfield if you're Fernando Santos? Um, I think it's got to be Bruno Fernandes. Ruben Neves and then Danilo. But I don't know. I mean, the one, I mean, I think Renato Sanchez could definitely give Ruben Neves a little bit of a run for his money. We'll have to see how the group stage progresses. And then, of course, I think that the star of the show for me, in terms of, you know, a rising star, is to see how Pote does. You know, obviously, I think that João Motini will come on for Bruno Fernandes before. Apote will. He's, he's going to be hard to come by for minutes. Um, Pote in this debut uh, tournament for him. But it'll be interesting. But I think the, the, the starting 11 has to be Bruno Fernandes, Ruben Neves, and then Danilo. Would you agree? What do you think? I mean, given just how good of a season João Paulinha has had at Sporting, it's tempting to put him there. Danilo. I mean... And I, I think that probably the most controversial inclusion in Portugal squad was William Carvajal, given the fact that he's barely played at Real Betis with Guido Rodriguez taking his spot. But I, I'm glad that William got in because he is a versatile option. But with that being he's said, a solid option. A solid you know option. what you're going to get with him. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I think his inclusion is kind of like a no-brainer for Fernando yeah. Sanchez, not because he gives you anything spectacular, but because you know what you're going to get. He's consistent in that. Yeah, exactly. I think Fernando Santos actually admitted that if there wasn't three extra options, that William probably wouldn't have gone to the Euros. But despite the fact that he missed out on a a move to Benfica in the January window, I know a few other teams were interested, despite the fact that he hasn't really played much this season... I think he's a good option to have because, you know, as you said, you know, he has experience with the national team. You know what you're going to get. And he's just a versatile player to have. But despite the options of, of William and, and Paulinho, I think that Danilo will be the starter as, as a holding midfielder. I just think he's probably the most balanced option. And, you know, Fernando Santos it does obviously trust him a lot. I was expecting to see Paulinho get more game time during the World Cup qualifiers, and he didn't really. I mean, he got some late cameo appearances, and I think that that pretty much says that it's going to be Danilo, which, you know, completely right. deserved. Um, Bruno Fernandes, of course, I think is also going to be starting. The hardest one to predict, though, is I think the player next to Danilo and Bruno, because you have so many options. You could potentially go with uh, a more defensive uh, setup with William or or Paulinha. There you could have Ruben Neves or potentially a Sergio Oliveira, who right. be, has had a good season at Porto um, and could be an important player. I personally, I think that if Portugal need a player who's going to unlock those tight defenses um, and, you know, provide that sort of creativity and uh, individual skill, I think it's got to be Renato Sanchez because for me, he just offers more against that kind of opposition than a Ruben Neves or a João Moutinho who, 
let's not forget, could also be a, a, an option as well, despite the fact that he is 34, almost 35, still a very important player for Portugal. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, though. But uh, touching up on a player you mentioned, Pedro Gonçalves, 22 years old, top scorer in Liga Noche. What an incredible week he has had. I mean, we, we saw, it's funny, in the penultimate match in which Benfica ended Sporting's undefeated season. Um, Don't bring it up, Zach. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, well, a result that was... What m- happened that day? The, the events of May something. Uh, correct, that correct. Unfavorable to a certain green and white side. <laughs> um, anyways, Harris Seferovich converting a penalty and kind of taunting Pote after it. Pote obviously competing with Seferovich to get the Liga Noche top scorer. Seferovich... They call him the Patino Feo, the ugly duckling, because, you know, I think that there's there's no player in the Benfica squad that, that Benfica does have as much of a love-hate relationship, shall we, shall we say, than Harris mm-hmm. because he scores a lot of goals, but he also misses a lot of chances. Um, but, you know, second top scorer and getting a brace against Sporting and then following that up just four days later with... Uh, a brace against Vitoria de Guimarães to put uh, the Swiss international in prime position to take the Liga Noche top scorers award. Great end to the season for Seferovic heading into the Euros for Switzerland. And, and it did look like uh, Seferovic was going to take that spot as as top scorer, but Pedro Gonçalves had something to say about that. And uh, yes, he did. after scoring a brace <laughs> himself against Benfica, uh, he ended up scoring a hat trick on the final league match of the season against Maritimo to seal to just barely beat Seferovic uh, to the top score with 23 goals, uh, just one ahead of Seferovic's 22. So to top that off, uh, just hours later, Pedro Gonçalves gets a maiden call up to the Portuguese national team. Just absolutely insane for Pote. It is. It is. And it's well-deserved. You know, uh, I mean, this is, I think this is him along with Nuno Manch, and not just because they're both from Sporting, but I think these are kind of the two young players on this Portuguese national team to really keep an eye on and, and watch unfold. But yeah, just like you said, it's been an unbelievable week for Pedro Gonçalves. And, and, just to put into context, I, I read an article the other day because obviously now he's being monitored by all of Europe's top clubs, primarily Liverpool, who are really, really interested in him. And I read in the article, now pardon me if I get my numbers wrong, but he was the only player, I believe, in Europe's top six leagues to score at least seven or eight goals with both of his feet. I mean, this is a player who's not at all one-dimensional. Like, he can literally do everything. And so, I mean, we talk about how deep Portugal's midfield is, and so it's going to be tough for him to break in and get minutes. But I think if Fernand Sanch gives him an opportunity and he really shines, uh, this could be his tournament. And just like you said, it's his first ever call-up to the national team. I mean, it's just unbelievable. A dream year for him. Yeah, Pote starting in in attack um, for Portugal during the U21 Euros 
uh, group stage. But now going up to the senior team, which I think it's well-deserved, as you said. This is a midfielder we're talking about. You know, I know he's in the yeah. three for sporting, but he is still a midfielder who finished as top scorer with 23 goals. <laughs> that's insane. That's, that's incredibly insane. You know, I did not have Pote on my Portugal predicted team. I did not think he was... I don't I, think a lot of people did. I mean, I, this was this was a surprise. And we, we say it's well-deserved, but it's, it's well-deserved, but also massively unexpected because yeah. he had never been called up before. So it really was a shock. You're not wrong to not have had his name. I, I think very few people, unless they're lying, of course, will say, oh yeah, I knew he was going to get called up. But you didn't, you didn't because no one expected it. Nobody expected it. This was incredibly unexpected. And I think that you can't say that about many players, you know, getting their maiden call up during the Euros, during one of the biggest tournaments. I mean, I know, I think Jules Koundé uh, did that for France, but I can't think of many other players who have had the same for this Euros. So, and I think, like, I personally did not see this coming at all, but, um, I got to say, like, looking at this 26-man squad for Portugal, I feel like there's nobody who, who can say, oh, man, I, I should have gotten him. Like, I, I really deserved it. Like, obviously, some players who are good players and could offer a lot to Portugal, but I don't think there's anybody who has had a good enough season to complain and say, oh, I deserve to be in over that guy. If Pote had not gotten in... I think he would have certainly had an argument because he's had a fantastic season and he's, you know, frankly, uh, had a better season than the likes of Joao Felix or Gonzalo Getch or, or Rafa Silva, of course. So well-deserved. And um, I, this is not the Fernando Santos we are used to, you know, calling up three center backs uh, so that he could call up, he could give a big call to Pedro Gonçalves as well as bringing in a few other attackers like, what? This isn't... This I know. Like, is this the same conservative coach that, you know, has bored people to death with his tactics, so on and so on? I, I love to see it. And you know what? If it blows up in Portugal's face, I'll, I'll hold my hands up and take the blame. But I feel like I don't see Portugal getting eliminated because of having three center backs. If, no. if Portugal were to get eliminated, I think it would be a lot more for not having an option on the bench like Pedro Gonçalves than having three center backs. You know what I mean? Totally. I like it. You know, take the safety wheels off and, you know, go for it. Because, hey, I mean, he he deserves it. He's had a phenomenal season. And um, I think that Sporting, they're going to definitely reap the rewards of having Palinha, Mendes, and Pote in the squad. Because the Euros is really so massive in terms of helping these players value skyrocket and who knows i think that definitely with mendez but probably the case with with the other two if they sell just one of those guys i think that they would be well off enough to keep the rest of their guys to to seal permanent deals for uh, pedro poro and joao mario and build on and improve on that squad because i feel like sporting they're kind of at a, a quagmire where they will probably have to sell one major player just to to survive financially as well as to improve their squad and cope with the demands of playing Champions League football, which obviously was, was something that they benefited from this season, not having to play in Europe after getting eliminated from last. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think if we're looking at the three, the one that I think is probably most likely to leave would be Paina, just because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I do. I do. Just taking into account what, what I've heard, like, and what I've been reading the rumors, I think those are kind of the most aggressive rumors that I've heard. Wolves wanting him, not Wolves, not a surprise there. Um, but yeah, obviously I wouldn't like, I don't want any of the three to go. I think Noon Mench is going to stay. He's just too young. I think another season at Spartan, consistent playing time under his belt would be best. And I hope Bote doesn't go, but I mean, it would be a great pickup for Liverpool, United, all of the clubs that are after him. Spartan, I, I, I read recently that they're not going to hear any offers below 30 or 40 mil, as they should not. So, for I mean, and it, for, year, yeah. for either, for okay. either. And so taking into account that both are at the Euro, just like you said, that price is only going to rise. So I think Spartan should get the money that they deserve for either one of those. But yeah, let's see who they hold on to. I mean, we're, we, we're going to need everyone if we really want to make a run in the Champions League. So push on. we'll see how it unfolds. And to just push on and make sure that this isn't like exactly in one. Right. Go for the two-peak. Yeah. Paulinho, <laughs> I feel like he's one of the best signings, even though the fact that – even though they didn't buy him this summer, the fact that he, you know, came back from loan and looks so right. close to joining Wolfsh, uh, as well as, you know, the Russian uh, – some Russian clubs uh, were after him uh, for just, I think, 15 million euros. Ends up staying and, you know – one of the best players in Portugal this season. So important. Personally, no disrespect, but if there is a player who I think Sporting would be um, best off selling and then rebuilding, I think it would be Paulinha. You know, even though he's been so important and so underrated, I feel like they have a better shot of replacing him and improving than they do with a Nuno Mensch uh, or a Pote. I think that I, I think that Nuno Mensch. I could honestly see him going to City this summer just because obviously Pedro Porro is owned by City. So yeah, I'm not sure if they have... I think Sporting may have a purchase option with Pedro Porro. I think it might be around the range of like 9 million euros. So in that case, they maybe they wouldn't need to sell him. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's, it's clear that Sporting, they will probably end up having to sell one major player and probably one of the Euros guys. I don't think many other players in their squad have much resale value. You know, maybe Thiago Tomas, but he's still pretty raw as it is. Maybe he's going to be a big one too. Yeah, I think it's too soon, but he will be another one uh, that that Sparthing make a lot of money on. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but sticking with the Euro squad, who do you think starts up top? That's what I was about to ask you, actually. Um, Great minds. I think it's going to be Jota, obviously, star seven, and then Bernardo Silva. That's who it's going to be. It's hard to argue against that, right? Well, you know, you've got Hafa Silva and Gonzalo Getsch getting called up, and I'm glad Getsch got in because he's done yeah. very well at Valencia in recent weeks. And you also have Andre Silva, who's had a very good season at Eintracht Frankfurt, but I don't believe started in any of Portugal's World Cup qualifiers in March, so I don't see him starting. But he is a very good option to have just as a center forward, given Portugal's Mm -hmm. recent issues with center forwards. Fact is, Andre Silva has had probably like the best season of any Portuguese out-and-out center forward in in a while. Uh, Oh, yeah. Excited to see what happens there. Joao Felix is, you know, a magical player on his day, but 
given the fact that he hasn't played much at Atletico Madrid and sort of getting phased out by the likes of uh, Angel Correa, I, I'm not sure if, if Fernando Santos is going to go with him when there are just so many other options available. Uh, still going to be very valuable for Portugal. But yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Bernardo, CR7, and Diogo Jota, who has really played himself into the starting lineup. It's crazy. Just just a year ago, less than a year ago, we were talking about Diogo Jota, who wasn't even a starter for Wolves, who had gotten pretty much phased out by the likes of Daniel Podens and Pedro Neto. And the, it's just incredible to see what he's done uh, since joining Liverpool. I think he's yeah, a I totally agree. very important player. Is there any player that you think was unlucky to miss out? And uh, I'm actually going to put you on the spot because I know that you have ties with both Sporting and Orlando. <laughs> I know where this is going. Yeah, I do. Look, I think there really would have been a Nani Shao. I think so. I had, I mean, you know I had to put put you on the spot for, for Nani because he has had a great start to the season, putting in some absolute golosses for Orlando. Yeah. Would you have called him up? I think I would have called him up. Yeah. I mean, I get, I know he's 34. I know what everyone's saying. I know they think that his time has come and gone, but I just do not agree. And I think anyone who is saying that has not seen the work that he's put in during this off season ahead of this major league soccer campaign. They have not watched uh, his debut this season. They have not watched the way that Orlando city has been playing. I mean, this team is undefeated. Thanks largely in part to Nani's absolute golazos. I would have really liked to see him call up been called up and so yeah I I do I I I agree with you now with that said who would have missed out is the question yeah normally I would have called you you know trying to get a promotion at Orlando or something but (laughs) honestly like he has had a very good start of the season yeah some incredible he's still got it MLS might not be on the same level as the leagues that a lot of these other guys are playing at but he's still shown that he's still a top player. But and and you know I think that him as well as maybe even Paulinho at Sporting were a bit unlucky. And but Nani, especially given his experience, given how good he was at Euro 2016, one of the most underrated parts of Portugal's uh, championship victory there, he might be the one Portuguese player who who can feel a bit aggrieved for not getting in because he's been very good. The only question is who do you take out for Nani? Right. Is it Rafa Silva? Um, is it Gonzalo Getz? You know, I, either one of those. I think. I think there was a there's a strong case to be made for Gonzalo Getz or Rafa Silva to have been left out for Nani, and especially taking into account. I mean, when you when you look back at our Euro 2016 win, it, it was an unbelievable. It literally. I mean, after watching Portugal through that group stage, I don't think anyone thought that we were going to get to where we got. But one of the key components was that you had a lot of players who had already all played together. I mean, it was practically Sporting's midfield that previous season that played in the Euro final. You had Adrian Silva, William Carvalho. uh, You had Nani there, Nani and Ronaldo, who have played together for years and years. And so I think perhaps... With so many young players on the team, so many new players playing together for Portugal, it maybe would have been not a bad idea to have a veteran pairing like Nani and Ronaldo as an option for those tough matches where you need a little bit of, of veteran flair. And so, yeah. But then again, you know, when you look at Gonzalo Gavis, she had a bit of a slow start this season. Valencia really didn't have a, a very good campaign at all. But he has had a, a stronger 2021. Uh, he's really come alive in the second half of the season. So 
maybe Rafa Silva is the one that I would have swapped out for Nani when when all said and done is and talking this out loud. I, I think that would have been the decision that I made if I was Fernand Sanch. Yeah, I mean, if Pedro Neto wasn't injured, I think that there would be no debate that he'd be getting in. 100% agree. Yeah. So good. But... Yeah, I, Nani, I think, is definitely a lot more unlucky than Trincao, Paulinho, Andre Gomes. Pretty much more unlucky than, than any other player who, who missed out. You know, we know that Daniel Potence and Pedro Neto were both injured. Otherwise, maybe they would have gotten in. Rafa Silva, that's, that's an interesting one because I, I think that he hasn't had the best of seasons at Benfica. Uh, nobody has. But he <laughs> is also, you know, he, he can play on either side, on either uh, flank and, you know, get do a job there. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think I might've switched him out for Nani, uh, just because of the experience that he brings, but I also don't have, you know, a major issue with him because he's a good player. And I think given what Portugal are missing with Pedro Neto out, I think that Hafa might be the closest that Portugal have in terms of replacing what he brings, you know, that ability to change games, that ability to, to burn players with pace and to play on either wing. But yeah, Nani, very unlucky to miss out. I got to say. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and obviously I, you're spot on about Pedro Neto, who unfortunately through injury, um, you know, it's not going to make the team, but uh, definitely deserved um, a, a shot if he was fit, obviously. Um, and you, you highlighted the others. I mean, Brincao, he made the U21 squad and he's still young. So he still has the years. For me, it hurts me a little bit more for Nani because it probably would have been a, the last international competition, if not one of the last. I mean, yeah, he's not going to get a call up for the for the World Cup. So, I mean, you you think this was kind of like the last hurrah? Um, so that one hurts a little bit. But 